0: Well, good morning everyone and to those that are online, great to be here with you today. Hey, I have the amazing privilege of uh, back-ending this series we've been doing called Spiritual Rhythms That Feed Our Soul by talking about fasting. Fasting. And I'm sure you're all excited about that today, uh, because uh, you know that's the natural thing we kind of love to embrace in our lives, it's the idea of fasting, isn't it? We've been talking about abiding with God through His Word, we've been talking about the importance of silence and solitude, we've talked about Sabbath rest, prayer last week, Steve Bly brought a great word on that, and today we want to talk about this really important rhythm for our lives called fasting. Now, uh, I don't know about you or what your reaction might be to that, but you know, I think we respond in different ways. You know, this idea of fasting is not a new word. In fact, it's a biblical word. It's a word that if you open your Bibles, you'll come across that and you'll hear different people talking about or you know, we hear different descriptions of people who've engaged in fasts. But if your ears are up and you kind of attune, you'll notice that it's a word that's becoming even more common in our culture today. In fact, uh, if you're on social media and you're flicking through different posts, you'll find that this idea of fasting pops up quite regularly. That's, you know, interesting, isn't it, how the world kind of catches up with what God says in his word is is a really good thing for our lives. But if I'm being honest with you today, when I've thought about this idea over the years, as I've kind of thought about fasting, it might as well have been another uh, synonym for the word misery. When I thought about fasting, you know, uh, why is that? Well, I love foods. You know I, you know, I spend, I think, you know, from when I get up in the morning, I think I spend most of my day thinking about what I'm going to eat, where I'm going to eat, when I'm going to eat, and who I'm going to eat with. I mean, did anybody relate to that? I mean, food is just kind of a part of what we do, isn't it? And so over the years, you know, well, what is food? Food is like survival. You know, it nourishes our bodies. It is fuel for our bodies. And so we have this natural appetite for food. We love food. And so for me, you know, when I've thought of fasting over the years, it's often been more of a, I've been repulsed by the idea because it seems like it's an assault not only on my survival instinct. But my socialisation as well too. You know, you wander around Bendigo. I think about when I first came here 20 years ago. uh, You couldn't. uh, The only two places you might go out to eat outside of a pub would be Jojo's or Clocks. Now, if you're young, you've got no idea what I'm talking about because it seems like everywhere you go today, there's somewhere you can get some food. Uh, Or you think about coffee. I mean, 20 years ago, you never went, well, if you went out for coffee, it was kind of a bit of a luxury thing to do, but it's just kind of part and parcel of what we do. And there are coffee shops on every corner. It seems that if there's not a coffee shop, somebody's got a coffee cart and they're pushing it around and you can order a coffee. They're all over the place. You know, uh, uh, we are, we're so used to the whole idea of engaging, in, engaging with food. It's a part of our socialization. It's just what we do. And so for many of us, you know, if you don't believe me about this whole idea of fasting in terms of, you know, or a bit repulsed by it, oh, I, I dare you. I dare you at some point this week to just kind of drop the word fasting and say, hey, we should go on a fast and see what people do. Um, they're not going to go, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't we, let's get a few people, let's go. Let's have a fast together. People don't act like that. It's just not what we do. And so for many of us, we probably see fasting more as a burden than a blessing but is it really meant to be that way maybe we've got it back to front maybe our our passion our appetite for the things of this world and our desire for self gratification is that when we think about fasting we're like that doesn't sound like fun and and we want to push it to the side Uh, but i want to suggest today that as we kind of open up god's word that Uh, actually fasting is not meant to be a burden it's meant to be a blessing and and, uh, we need to actually backtrack and we need to kind of uh, start a a, kind of a a new thought pattern in our lives around the the, the benefits and the reasons for why we might do that and so today I want to just tackle really briefly what is fasting why in the world would we consider this spiritual rhythm of fasting for our lives and maybe even more importantly how would we embrace it in a practical sense for our lives so let's start with uh, this question of what is fasting well to put it really simply you know i want to say maybe before we dive into this is that fasting is so much more than a diet you know what biblical fasting is much more than a diet if you're sitting here today thinking, you know what i probably should go on a diet so maybe this is good for me to hear this is not a good reason to go on a diet okay uh, I want to talk about the, the, the biblical rhythm, the, the, this spiritual discipline, this practice of fasting. You know, what is it? A definition on the screens there that you're going to be seeing. Uh, you could describe it this way. Fasting is the practice of giving up or abstaining from a substance, which we would say food, or some action or habit, and there's any number of things that you might do for that, for a predetermined period of time in order that we might uh, grow spiritually, closer to god that's what fasting is that's what it's all about now why would we do it you know what is the point of fasting because that's really the question isn't it well in some sense it's answered in that definition that you just saw it's about us giving up something abstaining from something uh, for the specific purpose of drawing closer to god through maybe prayer meditation reflection silence and solitude it's for that purpose you see the reality is that we spend most of our days pursuing all kinds of activities that just kind of make us feel good and for the most part, many of those activities are just going to be great activities I mean, there's nothing wrong with exercise, there's nothing wrong with eating, there's nothing wrong with reading a newspaper, flicking through social media, posting or blogging about something that you might be doing, informing other people. Nothing wrong with any of those activities at all. But if we're honest, often our lives are so filled with these activities that you've got to wonder uh, 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 what these activities might be doing in terms of distracting us from cultivating a much more deeper and intimate relationship with God. You know, why would we want to fast? What's the point of that? You know, really, it's about refocusing our attention. You find as you read through the scriptures that many godly men and women fasted for a variety of different reasons. And I want to just give a a, a few of them to you today just uh, so you kind of get a bit of a picture of this. But, you know, in the Old and the New Testament scriptures, you kind of get these descriptions of different people that fasted. go all the way back to the book of deuteronomy and you find that moses fasted for a period of 40 days before he received the 10 commandments from God. or you get david king david this shepherd king who uh, after his affair with Bathsheba and realizing that she was pregnant and she gives birth to this child and he realizes the child is going to die we are told that he fasted over the grief of this sick child ezra who was in captivity, he fasted as he mourned over the sin of his community. Esther, that young girl who grew up in Babylonian captivity and her uncle Mordecai said to her, hey Esther, as you are now being appointed as the queen here, uh, who knows that God's brought you to this place for such a time as this? And she realizes that she's in this precarious situation. We are told in Esther chapter 4 that she fasted for the safety of her own people. And then we can't forget Daniel. Last year we did this great series through the book of Daniel and you get to Daniel chapter 10 and he has this vision that disturbs him. He's not quite sure what to do with it and, and we are told that for a period of 21 days he fasted as he sought discernment and clarity from God over everything that he had seen. That's in the Old Testament. You wander into the New Testament and uh, particularly in the life of the early church, you get specific example, one after another, of of the community, the people of God as they gather together, waiting on God. Often they're fasting in that environment. In Acts chapter 9, we're introduced to a man by the name of Saul, a Pharisee who was on the the road to Damascus to uh, arrest uh, some of the followers of the way. Uh, He was opposed to the things of Jesus, but he meets Jesus, has an encounter with the risen Christ, and we are told that um, uh, he finds himself now in this place on this journey. he, He goes into a period of fasting. In Acts chapter 13, before the early church sends out Barnabas and Paul are on their very first missionary journey. What are they doing? They are fasting before they send them off to what they're going to do. And then just a chapter later in Acts chapter 14, as as Barnabas and Paul are circulating or circling back through some of the churches, we find the churches right there beginning to pray and fast before they commission some new leaders into their ministry roles. You see, prayer and fasting was something that was just a normal rhythm of the early church. The people of God would wait on the, the presence of God, for the power of God, for the work of God in their lives. And fasting was obviously, oh, sorry, it wasn't obviously, it was often a part of all of that. But perhaps the, the greatest example of why we might fast is seen in the, in the life and the teaching of Jesus. We know that he spent the very first 40 days of his earthly ministry uh, before he proceeded to do anything else. He's out in the wilderness and he is, what is he doing? He is praying and fasting. He's out there with his father. And then as he returns from that, he begins to gather these 12 men around him. And then we find him uh, delivering this great message. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount. This huge crowd of people starts with the Beatitudes. But then as Jesus works his way through that, he makes this statement about fasting. that's going to be on the screens for us to watch or to, to read. He said this. And, and as you read it, it becomes clear. Or what stands out to me is that Jesus wasn't saying that fasting was a practice that some of us might engage in. But it was something that we will all do. This is what he says. And when you fast... Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their, uh, for, their, for their fasting. I tell you the truth, said Jesus, that is the only reward that they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except the Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. It's very clear in the the teaching of Jesus. If if you're looking in the context, after speaking about giving and and then praying, he moves into fasting and he says it's not just something that a few people might do, But and and when you fast. I mean, Jesus is not just thinking, speaking about something that happened in the past. He's speaking about something that is going to be a a practice, a discipline, a, a rhythm that everyone is going to do into the future. So it raises the question. Is, is that why we fast? Are, are we just fasting in obedience to the teaching of Jesus' words? Is it just a requirement that uh, it's like ticking a box and we can say, well, I fasted now? Well, there is no doubt that part of demonstrating our love for Christ is by being obedient to his teaching. I think there's something much deeper in this that we kind of tend to gloss over that I think shows to us that fasting is probably less of a requirement and it's more of a reward that's the why now before you want to write me off as a kind of a wealth and uh uh, you know uh, a health and wealth heretic let's go back to this passage for just a moment because Jesus says something very significant in there that I think we often overmiss. he talks about the fact that we will fast but then he talks about this reward this is what he says And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. You know, uh, just to maybe to paraphrase the teaching of Jesus there. And what he's saying to this crowd of people is if, if you uh, want people to kind of get super excited about you and uh, you know, say all kinds of nice things about you and think that you are super spiritual, then kind of turn up at the next meeting and let them know that you've kind of been fasting for the day and, and they're going to ooh and ah over you and kind of pat you on the back. But if you want something far greater than just man's applause and a pat on the back, then commit yourself privately to God through prayer and fasting. You see, why would we fast? Why would we even think about engaging in this spiritual rhythm? Well, I want to say today that it's so much more than just us trying to get God's attention. But rather, it's more about God trying to get all of us our attention and as Jesus taught about fasting right there it's as if he was saying that it's in that it's in this place that it's in this secret place of our lives where God has our undivided attention in this place where we haven't made a big public spectacle of the fact that oh my gosh I'm mourning all day it's in this place uh, where god has our undivided attention the secret place that the reward of fasting comes to the surface in deep and unexpected ways what's the reward that maybe jesus is talking about you know i, I think it's really important to say today that that fasting has nothing to do with it, with us trying to coerce god We're not going on a hunger strike or abstaining from something in in this attempt to coerce God into giving us what we want. Because if that's what we're thinking about today, then that's wrong. That's not the intent of the Scriptures. That's not what Jesus is talking about here in this passage. You see, what Christ is really trying to teach and to get into the hearts of these people is that biblical fasting true fasting in that sense is god getting more of us and it's quite clear i think in scriptures that you know god often works in profound ways in those quiet places in those spots where people aren't seeing as we engage in this rhythm of fasting he begins to do some of his most profound work and unexpected work in our lives so how do we fast? well maybe that before i go there what might even be this reward that jesus is talking about well i think there's maybe some different examples in scriptures in the scriptures that i think are just worth talking about for a moment you see i think fasting as i look at the scriptures it actually helps us to develop a deeper friendship with God. So the aim of any fast is that we might just increase our intimacy with God. And Psalm 42, it's not going to be on the screens, but it's worth going there at some point in time and reading it. It is obvious as you read it that David uh, was in a season where he is fasting. And in the opening verses of this psalm, he says these words. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You see this yearning of David, he just wants to, he wants to become much more intimately acquainted with his king, with his lords. And what does that say to us? It says to us today that God is never a means to an end, but he is the end in himself. You know, we don't just enter into a fast to pull a lever. It's not like it's a magical, you know, uh, it's not a silver bullet that we're pulling to get what we want. God is the end in himself. He's not a means to an end. He is the end. And so as followers of Jesus, we pursue God passionately through times of fasting, not because we think he's useful, but because we think he's wonderful. That's why we do it fasting just gives us that opportunity to lay aside certain things in our life for a predetermined period of time so that we might pursue a more deeper and intimate relationship with God himself. There's a second thing. I actually think fasting gives us a a renewed hunger for the things of God, for, for the heavenly things. You know, if we're honest, most of us, if we look back over the years of our lives, you know many of us have cultivated an appetite for the things of this world. And I'm not saying the things of this world are bad. The things of this world have been given to us for our enjoyment. We have a creative God. It's been given to us for our enjoyments. But often our appetite for the things of this world has been cultivated in such a way that that's what we long for. That's what we hunger after. And it's only in this place of maybe laying down some of these appetites. Our appetites to shop, to consume, to buy, to eat, to be entertained. Sometimes it's only in that place of laying down some of those appetites that God begins to, to, uh, to renew uh, uh, an appetite, uh, a, a heavenly appetite in our lives for the things of Himself. You know, it's in that place where maybe we've given up on this appetite for hunger for a period of time, or we're, we're fasting, we're giving up on food and we're hungry. You know, it's in that place the Spirit of God begins to remind us that man does not live on bread alone, but he sustains, he lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we begin to suddenly realise what truly nourishes our souls. You know, there's a reason we keep putting food into our body all the time, because our tank gets empty. You can have a great roast lunch today, and within about two or three hours, you come into into the cupboard because you're looking for something else again as well. See that lunch doesn't truly satisfy it. but God and God alone does and his word does and we find that in that space that God begins to renew our appetite for heavenly things. I think there's another reason and this is not exhaustive in any sense but I think that as we fast it enables us to hear more specifically from God and there's no doubt about it in the book of Daniel you know as he waited on God over a period of 21 days for some clarity, some discernment over this vision that God had given to him that was so troubling, that as he waited, God began to speak and clarity came. And I think the same thing is true in our lives as well too, that when we give up, we we let something go and we push back into that space around God, it's in those moments that we begin to hear the still, small voice of God speaking into our lives that's why we fast that's why we would engage in this uh, spiritual rhythm this practice for our lives it is meant to be a blessing and not meant to be a burden so how do we do it how does one practice this spiritual rhythm can i say um, there are there are so many good books. You know, you've only got to Google this on the internet and you'll find all kinds of advice. You know, what I find incredibly interesting is that the Bible often describes how people fasted or gives us a reason for why they fasted, but it is not prescriptive at all as to how we should fast. That is really interesting. And so as we begin to think about well, how do we engage in this practice, There's nothing prescriptive that I can give to you from God's word, but what I can do is I can give you some different thoughts or some things to consider. I can give a description of some things for you to begin to kind of think through in your own life. And so I want to give you just three steps today. Three steps that you might think about when it comes to engaging in the practice, in the rhythm of fasting in your life. And the first step is simply this you've got to get ready now how do you get ready for a fast well i think you've got to start by thinking through why in the world am i wanting to step into this fast i'm not just doing because dave says i should do it you know why am i thinking of wanting to engage in some type of a fast and i think that is a this is part of the the getting ready you don't roll out of bed one morning and go you know what got nothing else to do in my day today i think i'm gonna have a fast no one thinks like that. And if you do, then you're a whacker, okay? Um, you actually, you want to bring some intentionality into this. And so you think about, you, you get ready for this. All kinds of reasons why you might want to fast. We, I've just kind of listed a whole bunch of them that you see in the scriptures in terms of some of the reasons why people fasted. You know, for you, maybe it's uh, you find yourself at a crossroad in your journey in life as a follower of Jesus, and, and you're not quite sure which way uh, God wants you to move next. And so, what you might do is you're looking for some spiritual discernment. Or maybe you're at a place that there is, it's a, it's a season where you realize that you have not been walking here. Uh, how the Spirit of God wants you to walk. And and so there is this opportunity for fresh renewal in your life and, and you want to lean into that moment. Maybe it's around uh, someone that you love who has not yet decided to follow Jesus. Maybe it's a child or maybe it's a loved one in your family and and, and you are just moved with a sense of urgency in this season that you want to pray for that particular person. It might be a ministry that you're a part of. It may be for the church that you you are praying for as well too. But there is a reason why you are wanting to move into this season. You're wanting to embrace this rhythm. And then what kind of a fast might you then think of actually engaging in as you get yourself ready? Well, typically I think there's probably four kind of fasts that Christians have probably been involved in over the years. You can put it down to a major fast, a minor fast, a partial fast and a a soul fast. Four four different ways in which you could do it. A major fast being where, where somebody actually goes without food and water for a period of time, maybe for 24 hours or something longer. Now, I do want to say that, because uh, uh, I know there'll be doctors and nurses of the medical fraternity, but say, Dave, what are you encouraging us to do? You know, I, I think if you are going to seriously consider that for your life, you have, to, you have to either be in a really good physical... You know, your health has to be incredibly good, but you might also need to seek some, 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 some advice from the medical fraternity as well too. But there's a major fast. We see that in the Scriptures. There is a minor fast where you choose to give up on food between a designated period of time. So you might still drink, but, but during sunup and sundown, you, you might go without food and you then begin to eat a light meal after sundown. But during that period of time, you are choosing to engage a little bit more deeper with God. A third thing, uh, being a, uh, a partial fast. We see that in the Scriptures. We see in Daniel, Daniel chapter 1. Remember, these men have been carried off into Babylonian captivity and they realize that four of them, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are uh, are incredibly gifted. They get brought into the king's, um, uh, into his presence uh, and uh, they're brought into this leadership opportunity. And uh, what's Daniel saying? He says, look, look, we actually don't want all this kind of rich food. Uh, Would you just give us vegetables and water? and then you determine uh, whether this is appropriate for us after a period of time so it might be in your life maybe it is a partial fast where you give up something or last but not least it's a soul fast and that typically is centered around the fact that you, this is not about food this is something else you're giving up it's a habit it's a hobby it, maybe it's your passion to, to go and shop, to buy shoes, maybe it's reading the newspaper, it's going to sporting events, it's watching TV, watching movies, binging a new series that's just going to come out on Netflix, you know, any number of things that you say, you know what, I really want to do that, but I'm going to let it go for a period of time because I'm feeling the urgency to do this. You see, you're getting yourself ready. What's the second step? You've got to set yourself up for the journey you're about to go on. You get ready and you get set. Now why do I say that? See, no one should roll out of bed on a Monday morning saying, you know what, I think I'm going to fast or I'm going to go and I'm going to do this for the next three days without giving it some serious consideration. And it's about setting yourself up to succeed for the journey. You know, I love it. And when we'll have people over, you know what, there will be some effort and time that goes into preparing for the guests that are coming over. You know, we might spend two or three hours preparing for a wonderful meal. There will be be food that has to be thought about and then shopped for. It's the preparation that goes into all of that. Then it's the sitting down and enjoying the meal together. And there's all the cleanup that goes with that as well too. I want to say today that entering into the journey of of embracing uh, a spiritual rhythm of fasting is a little bit like when we eat food. You know, it takes time. We need to prepare ourselves physically and spiritually and emotionally so that we succeed in that sense. We set ourselves up to succeed. We get ready, we get set. What would be the next one? We go. We go. We go for it. We start it and we stick with it. And you know what? If you fail in the midst of doing it, cut yourself some slack and be okay with that and be gracious to yourself. You know, I found once that uh, I was in the middle of uh, just a partial fast throughout the course of the day and uh, I just wandered home. And in the course of wandering home, I walked straight into the kitchen, straight into the pantry, into the box of biscuits and I'm starting to eat something before I suddenly realized, oh, hang on a second, I wasn't going to do that today. Now, in that moment, you can beat up on yourself, but I would say, you don't want to beat up on yourself. This is meant to, you're meant to be gracious with yourself. You just kind of acknowledge that and you push back into that same space. See, we know what a fast is. And we know what the benefits of a fast are. You know, why would we fast? And we know how to fast. You know, as we draw all of this to an end and we think about these spiritual rhythms that feed our souls... What does it mean for us today? Well, I want to suggest to us today that as we think about this, if fasting, if this rhythm of fasting was so important to godly men and women throughout the scriptures and it was incredibly important to the Son of God, then surely it ought to be important in our lives as well too. You know what, we we can push into the abiding rhythm and we're happy maybe for the silence and the solitude. I want to say today that that fasting isn't any more or any less important than what abiding, what prayer, what silence and solitude, or, or what a Sabbath day rest is in our lives. It's just as important. And if that is the case, as we think about that, are you hungry? Are you hungry for, for more of God's? You know, what are you hungry for in your life? We don't want to be hungry for, for more things of this world. But we want to be hungry for, for, for the things of God's. And for that to happen, we've got to be willing and prepared to make the sacrifice. See, desire alone is never going to get us to the place of embracing something on its own. You know, we can go out of this place today and go, you know what, that was really good. You know what, I should. I should at some point, I should think about uh, uh, setting aside something in my life, whether it's a practice or a habit, whether it's food, and and I should do this. And that's where it simply sits. I'm willing to, to say that probably every one of us in this room has a desire to be well to be physically healthy we've all got that but there's a difference between desire and actually making that become a reality see, for the person who desires that and wants that to become a reality, then they will watch what they eat. They will exercise regularly. They'll make sure they get enough sleep. They will, uh, you know, where maybe there's some health issues, they'll attend to those as well too in their lives. It doesn't just stop at desire. They work towards seeing that become a reality in their life. And I want to suggest to us today that the same is true when it comes to the spiritual rhythm of fasting. We can desire it, but if we don't do something about it, if we don't if we aren't prepared to to make the sacrifice to move in that direction, then it just kind of sits as a nice, you know, a nice thought over here that we never kind of get any traction with. And we kind of read those stories of people that uh, you know uh, practice this rhythm in their lives, that they, they uh, experience God moving in their ways, in profound ways. And we think, oh gee, I really wish that was the case in my life. Can I, can I tell you the difference between this person and this person? They were willing to pay the price. They were willing to make the sacrifice. You see, we've got a part to play in all of that. You know, Jesus said those words that I mentioned back five weeks ago, and they've kind of come up throughout these rhythms. He said to this group of people, he said, Come to me, all who are weary, and you carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am humble and I am gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. See the difference between those who hear those words and those who experience the rest that Jesus promises is the fact that they've moved from desire and they've made the, the sacrifice to move into that place and they're living in the reality of what God's giving to their lives. See, it's that word come. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest for your souls. Jesus promises to do his parts we just have to do our part and it starts with sacrifice you know i wonder what that might look like for you this week or in this coming month you know as we have thought about abiding and silence and solitude and sabbath rest and prayer what's it going to look like and maybe this is so foreign to you here in this room or online today and, and, and you've never pushed into this and maybe for you it's thinking about it, it it's getting it's getting ready it's getting set and, and thinking through all of that and saying you know what i, I think i'm going to give up a meal and in the giving up of this one meal i'm going I'm to push a bit deeper into god's see if you've never done this before then i'm saying don't go crazy you know start small do something that's achievable that you can celebrate that you can see where god is at work in your lives Or maybe for others of us, it's saying, you know what, it's not food, but there is something else that I need to give up for a predetermined period. Can you imagine saying, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with social media for the next week or two weeks or even a month, and I am not going to flick through my phone and look at different postings. I'm out of that space, and in place of that, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be seeking after God around this particular thing in my life. I'm going to be leaning into it over this season. This is not about putting God to the test. It's not about trying to coerce him into doing things for ourselves. But step into this place. And we will have stories all over this room and people watching online as they begin to share about what God begins to do in, in those deeper places of their lives as we make him our priority. Would you do that? Let's not just make this series, Spiritual Rhythms That Feed Our Souls, something that has tickled our ears, but let's take it seriously. You know, it's the people of God pushing into the presence of God for the power of God, for the work of God that he wants to do in and through our lives. It comes as we go there. And church, I want to encourage us that, you know, as people that are following Jesus, wherever we might be on our journey and our walk, whether we are new to the faith, whether we've been on it for a long time, you know what, we have a responsibility to go there. We can't just sit in that place of desire. We have to make the sacrifice. And as we do, the Spirit of God starts turning up in our lives, starts turning up in the midst of this place and begins to move. Lives being changed, marriages being turned around, people coming to faith, families, marriages, all kinds of things God begins to do because we're prepared to go to that place. Spiritual rhythms that feed our souls and fasting is just one of them. Would you join me as I pray? I want to invite us, this is spontaneous right here, maybe right where you are sitting. With our eyes are closed, maybe you feel comfortable just holding out your hands in front of you this morning. If you're online, sitting on the couch, watching from a cafe, I encourage you to do the same thing as well too. I just want to give you a moment, just in the quietness of this space, for you to think a little bit more deeply about maybe what I've been talking about today. Maybe it's going to be obvious to you that there's an area in your life, there's, a, there, there's something you need to press into God over. The Spirit of God maybe is nudging you about that right now. It could be any number of things today. You're determining in your own spirit right now that your response today is i'm going to give up something and push deeper into my relationship with god around this thing and i'm going to talk to him about it what is it in your life today I've got something. I've got something that I'm going to be intentional about. What is it for you today? Father, right across this room this morning and uh, those that might be engaging online, Lord, I know that your spirit is at work. You're speaking into the depths of our soul. Maybe some of us are weary and tired. Some of us are feeling like giving up. Some of us are feeling lost. God, you promise to do your part if we're willing to do our part. It may not be what we expect. In fact, you might turn up and work in ways that we didn't even expect. But God, you'll meet with us. Father, I pray that you'd be meeting right now. God, your spirit would be meeting and falling upon the lives of young and old in this room, men and women. Lord, you'd be answering prayers as people seek after you. And God, we would be able to celebrate and tell stories of this moment in time where you moved powerfully among us. And we pray that in Jesus' name for His sake, for His goal.